babs, this shit crazy. Jimmy on a beat, boy. Well, hello there. This is the trophy room. I'm fresh off of Daddy Smack. Four Madden games, I think, in a row from Luke. So I'm done with that, and that's why we're doing this. Okay, coming up, the Nets are the first sweep this playoffs, and we're going to tell you why it's a major hit on KD's legacy, whether or not it puts him outside of the top 10, and whether or not the daddy smacking on him puts Jason Tatum in the top five player in the league. We're going to play another game of Weddle, a.k.a. NFL Wordle, and one major news outlet really thinks Texas is back, and we're going to come back with some college football talk and tell you whether or not that is true. Wherever you find us, thank you. Please go leave us a five-star review, whether you're on Apple, Spotify, Google, wherever you get us. We appreciate it. Whatever you write, we will read if it's funny. And uh, go screenshot us, put us on the story, tag us. We appreciate it. And as you guys all know, we got to get our update from Jim Candy. So Jim Candy, Luke, what's the update this week? So update this week, it's been slightly slower than expected. Our Kickstarter is in the process of getting filmed. Just found a gym to do it at up, up in Holiday. Perfect. So we're partnering with the gym. They're gonna let us use their all their facilities for our video. Also, um, be on the lookout. We might be partnering with a couple Gold's gyms up in Idaho Falls and um, Boise. So we will be. I will update you on that. In the meantime. We are so close to having everything up and running. If you go check out our website, it is good and ready to go. You can pre-order on there. It's jimcandygummies.com. You go there, get your pre-order, and we will send those to you as soon as we can. And the deal's still on the table if you go fill out a survey and get a free sample. So if you want to just try it, hit it up. Okay, so I'm literally obsessed with this game, Little. I play it at work all the time. I don't time. know why it's so fun. Dude, is it like Wordle for meatheads? I and I'm bad at Wordle. I don't I'm know saying, if you play Wordle I at suck. All. I try no, to do it. Everybody's into Wordle. I'm like, I I, I, I don't know like words that well. I don't like, know. I'm I, stupid. Yeah, and it's not even fun. I who I I don't People know. People really like it though. I don't know. Go take your Scrabble looking at Yeah, out exactly. Of you can have it. Go play chess in Central Park. Leave the rest of us alone. All right, so we're gonna play Weddle again. I'm gonna do my best to give you the play-by-play -play as we go. So there's easy mode and hard mode. We're gonna start with easy mode first. Okay. Okay, easy mode. Who do you want to guess first? Julio Jones. All right, let's go Julio. Good. Oh. Um, it's not gonna let us guess Julio for really? some reason. I don't get why, but like sometimes. If you're like a free agent. Yeah, it doesn't let you. Okay. Oh, I guess that makes sense. Yeah, I guess that would make sense. Okay. Um. Team, so. It's offensive players, right? Easy mode is um, offensive. Austin Eckler. Let's Austin go. Eckler. Bum ba da bum. Okay. So he's in the AFC. Okay. He's not in the AFC West. He is a running back. Oh. He's either 5'11 or 6 foot, and he's 26 years old. 26. Derrick Henry. Oh, no, it's not. No, it can't no. Be him. he's way too tall. Yeah. 26. Um, Nick Chubb? AFC running back, let's see. Nicholas Chubb. Holy F, you're good at this game. That was literally one guess and we got it. Dude, I'm, I did that last week too. Holy. Dude, the hard mode is hard. I played oh, it is. Remember, like two days ago and it was, a, it was a Texans, it was like their fourth string linebacker. I literally had to look it up because I don't know a single Texans linebacker. It was tough. Bro, they need to make hard mode, like... There's hard it's mode, extra. and there's like, look, 
I don't know eight all eighty one or or was it eighty or no? No, it's a fifty three man roster. Yeah. I don't know all fifty three dudes on every roster. Exactly. Sorry. All right, especially we on the Texans. Yeah, Why would come, I ever watch come the on, Texans? Sons. Okay, who do you want to guess first for hard? I feel like. Since defense is included, I feel like we could guess defense okay. just so we could... Let's know. go Janoris Jenkins. Oh, since that's, that's right. Our boy. Janoris Jenkins. For some reason, he's not on here either. What the... Um... What about Kevin Byard? Okay, yeah. All right, Kevin Byard. Okay. No. We got literally nothing. Oh but we do know that he's in the NFC because he's not in the AFC. So we know he's in the NFC. We know he's taller than 5'11". His number is higher than 31, and he's younger than 28. So he's in the NFC. And, and he's, he's on offense. Oh. And his, his number is higher than what? His number is higher than 31, and he's younger than 28, and he's taller than 5'11". So I'm maybe maybe let's guess receiver. Okay. Yeah, I think it could be a receiver let's guess or a, tight end. Yeah, let's guess... I feel like tight end because the numbers are higher than thirty one. You got a lot of receivers who got like those single. They got like low numbers now. Okay, um, so NFC tight end. Should we just guess George Kittle? Yeah, let's go Kittle. George Kittle. Oh wow. Okay, so we know he's in the NFC West. We know he's not a San Francisco 49er. We know he's a tight end and he's six four. Six four tight end and NFC his number West. Number higher than eighty five. Okay, six four tight end AFC West. And his number is not. 86 or 87, it's higher than that. Are there any number 90 tight ends? No. Who plays in the NFC West. So he's either a Seahawk, a Cardinal, or a Ram. What number is Tyler Higby? He's 87, right? So it's not him. Or wait, no. Tyler Higby, I think, is 88. Guess Tyler Higby. Let's see what happens. Oh, my word, dude. What if we really just break this game? We just on one today. Whole Okay. It's not Tyler Higby, but you're right. He is okay. This whoever it is has the number 89. He's in the NFC oh, West. He's a tight end. Okay, 89 NFC West tight end. So he's, he's either got to be. A, he's not a 49. So he's Cardinals Seahawks. Yeah. So okay, let's. What number is Gerald Everett? I know Andy's probably killing us right now because we don't know the number. I just want to know what number Gerald Everett is. Gerald Everett. He's 81, isn't he? Or what? He's 81, yeah. So it's not Gerald Mediocre Everett. tight end at best. Exactly. All right. Love you, Andy. Who else? Who else? He's number 89, and he either plays for the Cardinals or the... Bruh, this is hard. I know. I don't even... Who plays tight end for the... Oh, well, Zach Ertz... Let's I guess. he's 89. Well, get, well, let's say guess see Zach Ertz and see if he's a Cardinal. All right. Ertz. Zach Ertz. He's not a Cardinal, which means he okay, has to be a Seahawk. Okay, so he's on 89. Today. <laughs> Number 89 for the Seahawks. And he's tight end. Who else plays Seahawks or tight end for the Seahawks? Oh, my gosh. Because Gerald Everett's one. I don't know. He's literally the only one that I know. I'm like, Greg Olson don't play there anymore. Luke Wilson don't play there anymore. Jim Graham don't play there anymore. No relevant players, at least. Like, I don't even know who plays tight end for the Seahawks, which I guess must mean I'm a casual, but... No, that's not even true. Let's just make sure he's a Seahawk. Okay, he is a Seahawk. I guess DK. Okay. So he's a Seahawk. We know he's 6'4". We number his number is 89. Okay, I'm looking up 89 for the Seahawks. 
I just want to look up like their depth chart. Like yeah. I don't even it doesn't even have to give me the. Numbers. I'm looking. I'm looking up depth chart right now. Like I don't even want to look at the numbers. But who's like a tight end? Oh, um. Well, Noah Fant is there now. <laughs> Let's see if he comes up. It is not Noah Fant. What about um? What's that boy's name? I know they got this uh, white kid. Duh, Will Disley. 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 Is it Disley? Will Disley. It is. Yo, Will there you go, Disley. Andy. I, Andy, Texas. If you actually know who Will Disley I bet is, you don't. Because if you do, then woo. He's from Bozeman, Montana. Hey. Hey, he was the Montana Gatorade High School Player of the Year. In oh, wow. He played college football. Oh, I bet you Andy loves this boy. Guess where he went to school? Well, I don't know. Seattle? Yeah. Close. I don't I don't even know. U-dub. Oh, he of course. That's Andy's school. Andy, there you go. This guy probably is your favorite player. He looks like he's from Montana. Look at that. Yeah, he does. He got, oh my. That's a mug right there. Yikes. You are ugly piece of cheeks. Yikes. He, looks, gotta, he looks better with a beard. He has Let's a headline. Yeah, he looks better with a headband on because he's got a hairline that makes Stephen A. Smith look like a young buck. Facts. All right, we that wasn't we did pretty good, yeah, dude. Pretty we just think we can get it narrowed down, but once it gets to like guessing the actual name of these random A people, exactly. it's impossible. I mean, that's why it's hard mode because easy mode we literally like we get it in one yeah. every time, which is kind of crazy when you think about Let's it. Let's try an easy mode one more time. Let's I don't just think you can do it. It's it resets every day. Oh we really? Could do the easy mode for uh, we could just do the easy mode for NBA as we're about to start talking about the. Playoffs. Oh yeah, let's try, let's run it. All right, I've played this one a couple times. It's pretty hard. So it's the same thing, except here they give you the silhouette. But I feel like if you use the silhouette, then it's kind of cheap. Yeah, let's not use it. All right, let's guess. Is Jabari Parker still in the league? Oh gosh, stop He's it. not in the league anymore. Um. Let's we can go Wiggins. We'll go Wiggins in in memory of Jabari Parker. Little Wigsy Cup. All right, so we know he's in the Eastern Conference. He's a forward. He's six seven, and he's either twenty eight or twenty nine. Ooh, okay. Six seven forward, forward in the Eastern Conference, and he's a little bit older. How old Siakam? He's not that old. You're he's right. He, yeah, you're right. Um, Eastern Conference. Eastern forward. Conference forward. What about uh? How old's Jimmy Butler? You think he's six seven? Maybe. <laughs> okay, so he's in the Eastern Conference. He's a forward. And he's six seven. Jimmy Butler's too old. What about how how tall's Kelly Olynyk? He's <laughs> he's like he taller he's taller than six seven. Yeah. Um. Who else? I almost just want to. We know he's not Miami Heat. I want to guess uh, anybody on the Celtics, but Celtics are too dang young. Yeah, I was gonna say Jason Tatum's not old. Enough. I would say. I mean, that fits basically Jason Tatum, but he's yeah. not old enough. Um. And the number is lower than twenty-two, but I feel like that doesn't really help because most NBA numbers, I feel like, are aren't lower super than high. Their, yeah. Twenties, tens, or single digits. Yeah. Um. Okay. Let's let's think of like teams. <coughs> 
Um, okay, you have the Heat, you have the Sixers. Could it be Tobias Harris? Or is he oh, no, too? that's actually, I think that that's a good guess, actually. Tobias Harris. Oh, well, we kind of good at this. We're good at this. Yikes. Wow. I thought he was taller than 6'7", no, yeah. for sure. Wow. I didn't, yeah, I did not think that we were going to get that. We got that in three guesses. Wow. Dang, bro. No, we got that in two guesses, two really. Two guesses, yeah, because you got to get the first one just Dang. to, like, Get a baseline. Dang. Tobias Harris. Okay. So. In honor of that, let's go. So. The NBA. NBA playoffs first round has been going on the past two weeks. So we had the first elimination last night. KD's Nets got swept by Jason Tatum and the Celtics. We both watched this series like it was the a lot of the games were competitive for a sweep it was they were good games you know what i mean game like, 1 you and i literally said this could be the greatest first round playoff series of all time and, and it we w- were pretty far from being yeah it, and it's because dude honestly i think the celtics just closed so well and when i say closed it was more defensive than offensive in the sense like they shut them down so, I mean, especially considering last night they lost, or two nights ago, and Jason Tatum fouled out. Yeah, Jason. And it was a close game. Oh, dude, did you look at the foul that it was? I was so I was watching it live. I was at the gym working out. Yeah, everyone don't yell at me. I was working the Jazz Mavericks game. Yeah. That's why I didn't watch. Well, don't don't you get a star Come about that the, game. Exactly. We'll get to that. So, dude... It was the most ticky-tack foul with five minutes left in a closeout game. The star player, like, everyone, literally all the announcers, I forget who was announcing the game. It was TNT. I think it was Reggie Miller. Okay, so then it was probably Kevin Harlan. Yeah, it was Reggie Miller, Kevin, Kevin Harlan, and Reggie Miller's like, you can't call that. He's like, you cannot call that. He's like, that was one of the most egregious. Especially because I feel like... That series, the one thing I appreciated about it is it was a physical series. It was and they physical let him get as away hell. with a lot. And then because this is what happened, it was a side out. Jason Tatum was going for, it, and um, what's his name? The freaking the European kid or guy they got the guard. What's his name? The Celtics or the Nets? Nets. What's his name? The guard, oh, European guy. He's been in the league for a while. Not Patty Mills. No, he's like, he's old white guy. Oh, Drogic. Drogic. Goran Drogic goes in for a reach, and Goran Drogic basically drags Jason Tatum down, and they call foul on Tatum. And I was like, dude, this is ridiculous. But so, so KD had thirty nine last night. He didn't shoot particularly well. He didn't shoot poorly last night. But if you look at that last sequence, so the Celtics were up by two and KD had one more free throw to go. He misses the free throw and then there's like 20 seconds left. They're down by two. The Celtics get the rebound and all of the Nets just stand there. And Marcus Smart just sprints down to the other end. And literally, if you look at it, all five Nets just stand there. And Marcus Martin just goes the other end. They toss it over the top. He misses the layup, but no one's there. So Al Horford just slams it back in. I'm like, what did I just watch? It literally looked like no one even wanted to play. And 
Dude, I think this is a big indictment on Kevin Durant. Even though I do feel bad for him because he had a, like, his team was crap. Like, they did not have a good team, but he played bad. He shot under 40% for the series. He shot 39% for the series. Holy. And and he shot, I think, under 30% from three. So he was, last night he was three for 11 from three, which is pretty That sounds about right, yeah. And he was 13 for 31, which means he's shooting like a little a little over 30%. Yeah. Just like maybe close to 40. But so he ended up with 39 points. I mean, he shot 10 for 11 from the free throw line, which is good. Yeah, I mean like, but he's going to make his free throws. Yeah. Like he's going to make them. If you're a good basketball player in the NBA, you're making free throws. Yeah. But, dude, I think this is an indictment on Kevin Durant because – this is like what is going to be said about him is that he couldn't do it by himself. He couldn't take a team and put it on his back. And say what you want, I'm not sure if I believe that or not, but that's going to be said until he yeah. said like proves, until he proves us it otherwise. Because he couldn't take his Thunder to the championship, couldn't do it. And then he goes to Golden State, and oh, good job. And this is here's everyone's argument. Oh, he was the Finals MVP. Okay. No, like, really, finals MVP is the most, like, what's what's a good word? It, like, it honestly doesn't really matter. Uh, I don't know if I go that I, far. I, I, don't, I don't know the word for it. It's very arbitrary. Like, Andre Iguodala won it the first. But he was a defensive stopper on LeBron James when oh, he won Oh, yeah, it. he was very He defensive. was. Dude, LeBron James <laughs> scored, like, 28 that entire series. He was rocking because he had no one else to divert to. I wouldn't say that this is where I'll push back on you. You making the argument that this is an indictment on Kevin Durant's legacy and that we're going to go down saying, oh, well, he can never win an NBA Finals without another MVP on his team, which may be true. This is why it doesn't matter. Because let me ask you this. Because to me, it's... I don't even want to say the lesser of two evils, but... let me Like, the conversation we're going to have about the club that Charles Barkley, John Stockton, and Carl Malone are all in is that they are the greatest who never won a championship. Yeah. It's like saying, oh, he's like really good at his job, but this. Yeah, facts. Kevin Durant is never going to have to be in that club. That's and, a good point. And the thing and would you, is, and would you consider Kevin Durant all time better than all those guys? See, because I would. I, I would. I, I think uh, it's close. I, I'll get into that when and I finish this. But the point that I'm making is that, like that argument of Kevin Durant could no, couldn't win without another MVP is not going to last. Like, it's how did you impact the game and how long does that impact last? Because I really don't know that much about Clyde Drexler or uh, Moses Malone or Oscar Robertson or all these guys, but I know that they were great because of accolades that they hold on the game, not narratives that surrounded them. Narratives fade. They last for a while, but they they only last like 30 years. That's maybe. a bad point. And so Kevin Durant is two-time champion, right? Two times. So... He's not only won once, he's won twice. And he's okay. going to be able to walk down in 20 years. You and I will remember it. Our kids will have no idea that Kevin Durant only won because he was on Golden State. Like, they'll just look at Kevin Durant when we're having the argument about who ranks where and we'll say, oh, well, Kevin Durant's a two-time champion. Yeah. And we'll look back and say, guys, like, 
oh, well, Damian Lillard's really good, but he never won a championship. Yeah. James Harden's good, never won a championship. Joel Embiid's uh, good, never I, won a championship. I don't even know if I'd put James Harden in but, that conversation. But, well, he's. I think James Harden's one of the greatest scorers the game has ever seen, but, but that's won, another maybe conversation. Maybe the best regular season scorer. Fair argument to make. But he's going to be on a points list somewhere. Like of he, He's going to be up there. Of course. Um, but again, Kevin Durant will never have to walk into the club of, oh yeah, he was really good, but, but he never won a championship. He will never have that butt attached to him ever. And you can say the MVP thing, but because he's so rare in that... They're, they're, like Again, if I ask you, who else is in that club who couldn't win without an MVP on their team? It doesn't roll off the end of the tongue like Kevin Durant does. And so that's why I think... Because it's so uncommon of a club to be in, that label is not going to last with him that much longer. And as a result, not winning, not being able to win without an MVP isn't going to hurt him that much. Especially because I do... You know, actually, I'm not going to go out on a limb and say that. I don't think he wins. I was going to say, I I just firmly believe if he goes to Atlanta, I think he can win another championship. But I, think, I don't know that that happens. You know where I think he would win if he went? And again, I say this about another play. If he goes to Toronto, that's the favorite in the East. Like a Kawhi Leonard? Like Kawhi. <laughs> dude, think like that team, um, Nick Nurse, great coach. They've got a young stud point guard, a great number two combo guard in Van Vliet who can shoot the ball. Shoot the lights out. Scotty Barnes. Scotty Barnes, rookie of the year. He's going to be a stud. He's going to be an all-star in the next couple years. Nope. They've got Siakam, um, Anubi, or Nube, or however you say his name. OG, yeah, I don't OG know. Anube. Like, that would be a scary team. And if I were him, I'd go there and see if you can't win some. Because I think that is a way... And get the hell away from Kyrie Irving. Because Kyrie Irving is tough. He's, he's that one friend that, like... Like, they're always around you and, like, low-key your boys and, like, they're fun to be around. But you look at, like, when you're alone and they're away from you, you look at yourself and you're like, why do I hang out? Yeah, why, am I, why are we friends? Why are we friends? Like, I always come away, like, feeling like crap from talking to you or, like, when we hang out, I always get into trouble or this and that and you always make me feel bad but about myself. he acts myself. like he's there for you all the time. He's like, yeah, bro, like, if you ever need things, like, like, yo, I'm yo there, give me a call, bro. bro. Like, yo, I'm, I'm there. there. And, he's and then at 2 a.m., Never there. Or he's, he's like, like, oh, bro, sorry, I got Or you're going out with the boys, and he's like, oh, sorry, bro, like, I'm with so-and-so tonight, but, like, next time, bro, bro next bro, time. Bro, hit, hit me, hit, hit my line next time. I'll yeah. be there. Yeah, no, Kyrie is... This is my issue with the entire Brooklyn Nets experiment. Um, I don't care who you are. If people in your life don't challenge you to be better, and there's a difference between challenging you and degrading Thanks, Ted you. Mosby. Exactly. We challenge each other. But, but, <laughs> but the point that I'm making is that... Like, so, I I have a problem trusting guys who only want to date and marry girls who don't challenge them at all. Because I don't think you should date someone who challenges you in terms of, like, you guys disagree on every topic. But I do think you should be in a relationship with someone who says, hey, like, you can do better and I'm going to help you be better. But I'm going to call you out for things because I know that you're better than that. And so if you and you have all these guys who really just want to marry a girl who wants to shut up, sit still, and like not say anything to them because they want to run amok and live their life however you want. I think Dave Portnoy is a perfect example of this. Dave Portnoy is running Barstool Sports, right? And it's really like not that popping. And Dave Portnoy is like, I don't want to say Donald Trump or LeVar Ball-esque, but he was willing to go around and say whatever he wants, said a lot of controversial things. Yeah. He's a loud mouth who doesn't like to be put in a box. 
Guess what? He goes out and hires this woman, Erica Nardini, to be the CEO. He's no longer the CEO, and she runs the company because she challenges him, and he lets that happen yeah. because he wants to get better. My whole issue with the Brooklyn Nets experiment has been that you never had a coach to challenge you. If like Even if you don't know basketball that much, I just go back and watch some of these plays or some of these games. They don't look like they have any organization zero. on the court. Like they, zero, they don't have dude. no really that intense no inbound play. No sets. Like they don't seem to really know how to close out games late because they don't have good ways because, to guarantee baskets. Yeah, because how do you close out a quarter and how do you close out a game? It's like you're not getting transition buckets. No, you, like it sets. You gotta set it up. It sets. Like it's simple as that. You need sets. You need some chemistry. And Kyrie Irving, after the game, he's like. Oh yeah, like KD and I, like we're gonna. I'm. I'm gonna make sure I manage this team more. Shut up, Kyrie. You got your chance to manage it. This is what happened. You are. He thinks he is one of the elite players in the league, and he's not. No. You are a offensive mercenary. That's what you are. But that's that's all you are. And don't get it twisted. You're nothing more than that. You're not a great. You're not a good point guard. You're not a good defender. Like there is a so many. You're not first team. You're not second team. Maybe you're not even third team All NBA. So stop acting like out here you're on the same level as KD and attaching your name to him. You're not. You've won one championship, and dude, I've been. This yeah, is what LeBron I've, James was on that team. Bob. Yeah, dude, and listen to this. Take out that one seat. Take out that season. Yep. What has Kyrie done ever? What has he done? No, you're right. He's done. He oh, he's had a lot of the year. He won 30 games a year with the Cleveland Cavaliers. He's had a he lot. He got of... bounced out of Boston because they didn't want him, and yeah. he didn't want to be there. He's had a lot of what? Cool highlights, right? He's a he's got Uncle Drew. He's really cool, but he hasn't done anything. And the only thing that he has done with his career is the shot. And you know the shot I'm talking about. In the finals against Steph Curry, he hits a step back and closes it out. He has been riding off of the shadow of that shot for the like since, and like his nut and he does he doesn't even play most of the season ever. Like he's either hurt oh, no. or he doesn't play. He plays like sixty games a year or less. I mean, let's see. Two thousand nineteen, he played twenty games. Twenty twenty, he played fifty four games. This year, he played twenty nine games. Yeah, like what? First the- year with the Celtics, played sixty. The year before that, he played seventy. Oh, the year good before job. that, he played fifty three. His first two years in the league, he didn't even play sixty games. Yeah, so look, stop he's it. Never healthy. You he's ne- never you healthy at Duke either. Yeah, exactly. He's not around. He's a scoring mercenary, and he's not a legit one. And not only is he not healthy, sometimes he just decides because he huffed enough sage that the spiritual guide of his universe told him he doesn't yeah. need to come into work that day. And, and, and here's goal. If you look at the numbers from this series, first game, dropped 39. Everyone's like, oh, Kyrie, the greatest. Stephen A literally sucks him off. He's like, he's the greatest small finisher in the game. Stop it. You know the, in games two, three, and four what he what points he averaged? 15 points a game the last three games. That's a sorry excuse. I think it's supposed to be you and KD's team. This is the issue. When, when people say that, like, they just wish things were easier, they didn't have to do as much, or I work too hard at my job, this, that, or the other thing. Like, I was having a conversation last night with one of the guys on my team at work because this girl was complaining about, like, how hard... 
um, the, 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 the graphics and, and the, all this stuff at work is and that she was really sick that day. I'm like, look, here's the deal. If you want to be a grown-up, if you want to be treated like a grown-up, then understand that you work in the grown-up world. You yeah. don't get to just not come to work. Yeah. You don't get to make excuses. If you have issues, you get to call people who work with you and say, hey, I need help accomplishing this. Not say, I need help with you supporting me just doing this minimal effort. Yeah, And facts. that's been my issue with Brooklyn the whole time. Because let me put it to you, like, let me ask you this. Does this Ben Simmons thing work oh anywhere God. else where we just say... Oh, you know what, Ben? That's okay that you just don't feel like because do you like this? That this wouldn't fly at my job. This wouldn't fly at your job. This wouldn't fly at anyone who's listening. This wouldn't fly at any of your jobs. You just say, you know what? I just, I just am really struggling. I'm like a lot of I, I can't come issues. to work today for like the past year because like I'm just really struggling mentally. First of all, you don't get to use I like mental health is a real thing. I, it pisses me off when people use it as an excuse yeah. when they really don't struggle. Because yeah. there's like, everybody has mental health issues. You do, I yes, do. But then there's does. people who have serious so, yes. issues. And Ben Simmons, I really don't think, because you're playing like Boy Who Cried Wolf, like playing the mental health card, taking it back, playing, playing it. it again. Oh, I have back spasms. Oh, I have this. But I can still play four on four in practice, like for my team. Again, this would not fly anywhere else where you just say, you're paying me millions of dollars, but I just don't want to come to yeah. work. And he's trying to get, like, recoup all that, like, that $20 million this year. Dude, NBA basketball players are so selfish and spoiled, and I just, I'm pre- I'm kind of fed up with at least a lot of players in the NBA. There's some if of you them- own the Brooklyn Nets, you should be so pissed. Like, oh, my word. I mean, it, I, I would... Any employer anywhere doesn't want to pay people to do nothing. Like exactly. that's I mean if you've if you've ever been in any kind of managerial role or like you have your own business or plenty of y'all got your own business like the you invest money in employees so yes, that in they talent. with the with the idea that their job makes you more money. Like yes. that's the whole reason you hire people. Facts. You don't hire people because you just like are trying to put money in pockets. Like you do but the hope is that investment will make you more money. Exactly. You're investing in the most dead asset that there is on planet Earth, and his name is Ben Simmons, and he's robbing you. Whoever I don't know who owns the Brooklyn Nets, I don't know but he either. is actually robbing you. And if I was the owner of the Brooklyn Nets, I'd say, yeah, that doesn't work. You don't just get to not show up to work. You don't get to come sit courtside. You don't have to come go to practice and just say, yeah, I'm not going to help you win basketball games because I just don't feel like it. That wouldn't fly anywhere in the real world. And you got to understand this is the real world, Ben Simmons. This is not just I just do whatever I want because I want to be famous. Facts. Dude, Ben Simmons, he's not – I don't even consider him a basketball player. He's a professional point. loser. He's a professional he loser. He's a crybaby. He quit at LSU, quit on the Sixers, quit on the Nets. It's a pattern. And, and this makes me happy. Because we are now seeing everyone gets to see you for what you yes. are. And I have a hard time believing Ben Simmons as soon as his... How long is his contract with the... It's long. Ben Simmons Because deal. he... The the year that he, like, tanked in the playoffs last year was the year he signed his Supermax. So, 2019, <laughs> he signed a five-year deal... Um, so and I, you can't cut NBA so, players. No, he's a free agent till 2025. And what I think is going to happen is he's going to either get traded to the middle of nowhere or Sacramento as, Kings. Like, you better come up off of like next year you better be the MVP. Because if you're just mediocre, 
when you get out into the free agent market, no one is going to come crying for you. Yes. No one is going to come asking for you. you're not going to get anywhere close to the money that you got no, last time. You better be smart with how you invest your money. You better yeah. have a good money guy because you're not going to make any more as soon as 2025 starts. Dude, he is he's a joke. So, speaking of jokes and choking, James Harden... What is he known for in the playoffs, Brett? Oh. Give me just just give me a, just give me a word. Just give me a word. Just give me a word. Choking. Choking. He Reggie Miller like Reggie Miller to Spike Lee choking. That is exactly oh. what he is known for and everybody knows it. He is the greatest regular season scorer of all time. He is a qu- he is very comparable to who? Aaron Rodgers, oh, and you know that I'm right about that's that. That's actually a really good comparison because they, skill wise, in the regular season, they are like look like they are the best God. to ever do it, and then they go to the playoffs and they can't do anything. No, do you know what James Harden has been averaging like 15 a game? Yeah, with like five or six assists, and people have been saying, "Oh, he's facilitating." No, he's not. Tyrese Maxey has been dropping 30 pieces, and so is Joel Embiid, and you are the fourth option. Literally, you're the fourth He's, option. We have this conversation all the time because, uh, like, I don't care how you play the game, but however you play the game, whatever it is, like, it better be conducive to winning basketball games because you can be, like, productive at work and be working, but just because you're not sitting on your phone doesn't mean you're making that company money. That's a good point. Like, just because you're typing up reports, like, does that mean you're getting the company new customers? Does that mean that you're taking care of things? Like, are you playing basketball in a way that's conducive to winning? Because I don't think Russell Westbrook did. Like, no, triple double. Triple double. Awesome. You're not conducive to winning basketball games, so, like, I don't care. Facts. Like, and so, James Harden is, you can make the argument if you wanted to that he's facilitating. But then I ask you, where is that production? If he's facilitating, if that's how he's a new playing basketball, then why have they just lost their last two games when they are up yeah, 3-0? facts. So, no one has ever lost a 3-0 lead. But... Doc Rivers, the coach of the 76ers, he is a, like a Hall of Fame coach, but the knock on him, and I agree with it, is he has lost three 3-1 leads all time, which is the most all time, which all you gotta do is win one game, and then this other team goes wins and goes three straight wins on you. That's almost impossible to do. It's almost like a full, so. I I do hate to blame people when it's not necessarily their fault, but to me with Doc Rivers, it's you a got, fool you, me once, shame on you. Fool me twice, two. shame on me. Fool me three times, like, it, you have a habit. Yeah. And it's a problem. Because, like, yeah, exactly. Like, if it was one time, okay. Two times even, it's like, okay, like, stuff happens. You're a coach. But at one point, you got to trust statistics and be like, for some reason, this is happening. On different teams. On different like, teams. situation has changed. Yes. But you stayed the same. Exactly. So, if you, like, there's one thing that's the common denominator, and it's Doc Rivers. And same thing with James Harden. One thing the common don- denominator. It's you. So, I I like the Raptors. I think they've got a good team. They're not better than the 76ers. No. But, could they upset them? Yes. This is my issue with the 76ers roster. Because let me just give you the roster. So, 
Obviously, you have Joel Embiid, James Harden, Tobias Harris, Tyrese Maxey, Matisse Thybulle. Which, that's and, a good starting five. I think that's good. But then after that, you have, like, Danny, pretty much no one. Who's on the I mean, Danny, you have Danny Green. Green, but then you have, like, George also was on Deang, the DeAndre Jordan, oh my Paul gosh. Millsap, who never even plays. That was like, that was the piece that they got with James Harden. Oh, the oh, oh, thanks. We got our the ninth guy on the on the team. As far as I'm concerned, as long as Brandon Knight's not on the other side of the court, you're pretty safe from DeAndre <laughs> Jordan. So I just feel like the and I like the 76ers, but the issue is you gave up a lot for James Harden, and, and he's to not. some extent. That took back a lot of the second half of that team. The yeah. back half of that is a lot thinner than it was. Which, honestly, I think both teams lost in this deal. I, like, I think the 76ers won more than the set, than the Nets did because they basically just gave them not even a depreciating asset. A, a dead, a, a they dead asset. You, they sold you their 1995 like Toyota Corolla that doesn't have a battery or an engine or wheels on it. And that's Ben Simmons. Yeah, that's they a good gave point. you a car without an engine. Run. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like it doesn't function. The boys from the chop shop came through and just took all the parts out that they wanted, and then they gave it to you, and you paid top dollar for Facts. it. Facts. That's a good point. So I'm gonna make a hot take, and this might come back at me. I think Toronto storms back and is the first team, you, to real, first I, team ever, ever to, to go down three zero tonight. I think tonight they're playing, or I think it's tomorrow they're playing, and it's in Toronto. Matisse Thybulle can't play. I think they at least win that game and take it to seven. And guess who chokes in game seven? The 76ers, always. A.K.A. James Harden. James Harden and Joel Embiid and Doc Rivers so and Tobias Harris. So I think if the Raptors can win game six... Then I think the because here's the thing: if they win Game Six, all of the pressure is on the 76ers. Yeah. All of it, yeah. because no one's ever come back from three nothing ever. Makes you look really bad. Makes you look so bad. So that's that's my opinion. Speaking of the Eastern Conference, though, and people who aren't bad, who might be bad meaning good, you have a little bit of a take on where you feel like, and you were making this like. With all due respect to you, you were making this conversation, honestly, before the series started, going forward. But tell the people what you think about Jason Tatum now. Okay, so Jason Tatum is, and I'm going to say this, he is the best two-way player in the league. Best two-way player. Well, you know, I'm going to take that. He's the second best two-way player in the league. Who's number one? Giannis. All right. So, but aside from him, he's the best, the best two-way wing in the league. He's the best two-way wing in the league because he has emerged as the Kawhi Leonard. That's who he has become. Because Kawhi, what does everyone say about Kawhi and even Paul George to some extent? Elite defender, great size, great athleticism, can shoot the three, mid-range game, can facilitate. They don't really have a weakness, yeah. right? And Jason Tatum just took Kevin Durant, who arguably is the arguably is the greatest scorer of all time, albeit on the downside of his prime. Definitely albeit not in the prime still I, he's still in his prime, but you he's on so? he's on the downturn of his prime. Okay. Like it's like this. And he's right here and then here's kind of all retirement. Right. So he just made him look like a fool. 
he blocked his shot like three times in one game. And not just like, like, just pull-ups, closeouts, just blocked him. And he made him look stupid. And he also dropped 30 pieces on him while playing 40 minutes a game. While also averaging eight assists. So he's the best two-way wing in the game. And I, like, so here's my top five players in the league. Okay. One, Giannis. Yeah. Two, I'll, I'll say Joel Embiid. Three, Jokic. Okay. Four, this is kind of a hard thing to say, but I'm going to say Luka. I don't hate that at all because like, I was working that game the other night. Like, he's, I watched the game last night and, oh my words. He, like, I don't even know what to do. I Like, he's magic. He's literally magic. And then five is Jason Tatum. He's a top five player in the league, and he's going to be first team all pro, obviously, and he's going to win MVP. And this might be blasphemous. You might come at me for this, but I think he is the closest. No, I'm literally, I'm thinking the exact same thing. I'm finishing your sentence right now. He's the closest closest thing to Kobe Kobe Bryant has ever. ever seen. Play style, size, and he might and, be better on defense than. But Kobe, Kobe was. was a good defender, though. That's that's he fair. He was first team All Defense that's multiple fair. times, and guess who also was? Michael Jordan. I'm not saying he's Michael Jordan, but I'm saying he could be the next Kobe. He, I definitely think he could be. He's so he's 24, dude. Yeah. He's got eight more years of prime. Like he's starting his prime right now. All of this when he's been all-star, that's been pre-prime Jason Tatum. Is that not scary? Yeah, I don't think that he's in his prime yet. No, he's not. The next eight years will be his prime. And, and that's cool scary about as hell. Jason Tatum is something that I don't think we can say about guys like Kyrie Irving is he's developed under who? Brad Stevens. Stevens. And Brad Stevens might be the smartest mind that yes. there is in basketball. Yes. And the new Celtics coach, he has proven that he is good. Yep, he's a good and guy. Every great, think about like the top five greatest players of all time. Outside of maybe LeBron, but he had Eric Spolstra, who we've all seen is an elite coach. I'm not saying he's great all time, but he's an elite yeah. coach. Think about like top five greatest players of all time. Jordan, Magic, Kareem, yep. like all, Bird, all these guys, what do they have in common? An amazing head coach, and that's what Jason Tatum has. So I think he has a Potential to be Kobe Bryant. I don't hate that at all. You did make a comment about a guy that I do want to talk about. So we had um, we had Jazz Mavs game five. Five last it was. Um, I just want to make this comment before we get in. I think at some point we should do the top five white athletes of all time, non-Olympics, because I think Luca is right up there Luka with Larry Bird. Bird. Luca and they Bird, they're right up there, dude. And yeah, and Lu- and Jokic will probably up Jokic there. Jokic probably well. be up there. But um, so first off, Luca's a god. Oh, Second yeah. of all, he's magic. I had this thought because I was so I was working the game. I had this thought like, how did the Jazz even make the playoffs? Because they looked like they were in the wrong league the other they, night. Like, they looked like they couldn't beat the Sacramento Kings. I've been saying this for a long time, and people have come at me for it because we live in the state of Utah. I think Rudy Gobert, like, I understand that he's won, I think, two defensive, two defensive players of the year. Guess what? In the playoffs, he's a he becomes a defensive liability, 
and especially because a conversation that we're about to have, where's the NBA going right now? The reason that the Mavs were able to absolutely shat on yes. the, the Utah Jazz. Like, what they did to them was ungodly. And you might say, as a casual, like, who plays for the Utah Jazz? Okay, well, you got... And guys, you probably don't know if you don't watch Super Intelli, but Dorian Finney-Smith, Maxi Kleber, Dwight Powell... And uh, another guy who's not I can't even think of. But oh, Jalen Brunson. Jalen Brunson. But um, those three guys that I just mentioned, the one thing they all have in common is what? They're all about 6'7 to 6'9, all athletic, and they can all shoot. So, and, so they're athletic enough to get down the floor when you want to play small ball, and they're athletic enough to guard you as a wing yes. defender. And then, yeah, guess what? They shoot the three-point lights out. So when they go small, the issue with Rudy Gobert is – He's a liar. He's seventeen. He's not fast enough he's not. to keep up with you, and so if he comes out on you, it's a drive by, and it's, there's no one to guard the paint. We've, so we've seen it with Jokic. We've seen it with Embiid. But here's the thing with Jokic and Embiid. I think they're though, both better defenders than Rudy is in terms of perimeter. In defender. terms of perimeter, I agree. Yeah, and yeah. also, what's the difference? Rudy Gobert offensively. What is his offensive play style? He'll get lobs and he gets offensive rebounds no, for dunks. This but is that's the, the extent thing. of all. You he watched had. the game the other night. Like they were parts where they had Jalen Brunson on a switch on Rudy Gobert, and only one time did I ever see Rudy Gobert pop on the block and put the ball to the basket. Yeah. And if they're gonna play small, that's the number one. That should be your go-to I first know. option. I know. And so the Jazz are crap because Rudy Gobert is. I'm, a word I'm not going to use, but it, it, he's overrated to say he's the least. soft is what he is. Oh yeah, like he's if up. you're going to be that big, like anyone who grew up being tall playing basketball knows, like you teach that kid to play on the block, play on the block, just no push one's going to beat him. They're not going to block your shot. And, oh, it's your shot to miss. And they gave you the weakness when they decided to go small, Rudy. If you're going to stay on the court, then take advantage of yeah. the mismatch, and they didn't. And so then Luca and the boy said, "Fine, we will make you run, and we will shoot the lights Luca out." And that's what they did. So he made him look silly. Like he embarrassed Rudy Gobert and Rudy. So like Ryan Smith, owner of the Jazz, like he was my professor last semester in like a um, business leadership course, and he talked about the different players on the Jazz, and he openly said in our class that Rudy is. Moody and you got it. You kind of have to walk on eggshells around him. Like he's not the type of guy that you can shoot straight with. Like he's very prideful in the sense that he does. If someone criticizes him, criticizes him, he goes. He gets offended, shoots right back. Oh, bro, what are you talking about? This and that. Like that's he does why not- he said um, he used an expletive and he they got fined because of it. Yeah. But he said f the talk. Yeah. Bro, if you're gonna come off like you're that hard, then be that hard be on the court. Be about it. Be and- about it. And that's why Donovan Mitchell, Donovan is Mitchell leaving. also hasn't been about yeah. it either. Be, and you made a comment about him leaving. Like, I think last year you can have that conversation because last year you felt like he's given everything he's he given has everything. and he's getting no help. And this year that is not the case. He's he's looked like the fourth best player on the court. Jalen Brunson looks significantly better than him. Luca looks like he is not even in the same like. At the beginning of last year, like they were talking about, like oh, like top five young new young players, and I think Donovan Mitchell was in it, and Luca and Trey Young, and Jason Tatum. Donovan Mitchell looks like he's not even in that same class no. as those guys. So he's the third or fourth best player on the court, and he's supposed to be our star. So 
So I, when you make this comment, like when, and I made the comment about Donovan leaving, and Stephen A's been making that comment a ton, but like, again, is this not his fault? Who, who, who's going to want you, and what's your value on the market? Because it's not what it was last year. No. It's a what have you done for me lately kind of world, and what you've done for me lately is show me that you don't have the ability to take over games anymore. Yeah, he doesn't, and he's a young guy, and he like... He looks like he's past his prime. I mean, it's yeah, sad he does to say. look like he's, which is yes. Oh my word, that's yeah, that's huge. So I think, I think he's gonna try and move if they don't win on Thursday. So we'll keep your eye out for that. I don't know what's gonna happen, but we'll see. So, anyways, on that, let's get back to some real the actual good sports there talk. Go. NFL draft. This is the NFL draft is probably. My favorite time of year. Like, one of my... Outside of, like, college football and... I mean, it's like, it's the culmination of college in the NFL. Yeah, like... It's the only time they meet. It's the only time they meet. And here's the thing. I enjoy the NFL, the NFL draft more than I do the NBA playoffs. Like, at least, like, the first two rounds, I enjoy it more. Because I think it's so entertaining. I'm honestly kind of glad. So, last night, I texted you and I texted Jaden and, te- and we were talking... And I was like, yo, let's go to the Jazz game on Thursday. And we have since decided not Not to go, A, because tickets are stupid expensive. Because I didn't realize you have to pay like 30 bucks in fees on top of what the tickets cost. And I'm not paying 100 bucks to go sit in the nosebleeds. I'll pay 50, 60 bucks to go sit in the nosebleeds. Oh, yeah, I will do that. But I'm not paying 100 bucks. No. But I was like, I didn't realize this until I texted you this morning and decided not to buy the tickets. I'm like, dude, I'm glad we're not going to the Jazz game on Thursday. Because the draft is on Thursday, Facts. and I'm really not trying to miss yeah, that. Yeah, dude, I'm. Uh, we watching that. Yes, you best right. believe we watching 100%. that. One hundred percent. So, NFL draft is coming up, and Brett and I have decided that we would like to do a little first round mock, and also go through top booms and top busts from this draft. So we're gonna go, and we're gonna kind of comp. Um, a few other mock drafts and see what they've got. And we're going to fit what we think in there because they never get these boys right. No, they don't. I really do like um, – this is the mock draft that I trust the most, and it's the one you'll hear the least about, which I don't know why. Which one are you looking at? Peter Schrager mock oh, draft. Yeah. Because guess what? All of these guys, when they make their mock drafts, most of them make their dra- mock based off of what they think the teams should do. But Peter Schreger is a he's a reporter for NFL Network. Yeah. So he's not making it what off they should do. He's making it based off of he's talked to them and this is what he's pretty sure they they're will going do. to do. Yeah. Um, this is what I want to say before we even get into any conversation about the draft. I'm one of those people who, if everybody in the world thinks something, I have a heart. Like I'm not saying I can't believe it, but if everybody thinks something, that worries me. Because yeah. I don't think that, I don't know, I just don't trust when everyone has the same opinion on something. That makes me feel like something's being missed out. And I think the biggest consensus of this draft is probably that all of the quarterbacks are going to be bust. They're not going to be that good, and this is the weakest quarterback draft we've ever had. I don't think that either. Here's the deal. Every single, like, we're never right about the draft. Ever. Never. Like, who saw Micah Parsons coming out looking like the second coming of LT? Like last I think year? I think people thought he would be a good player. Good, but not the second not coming of Lawrence of Taylor. Course. Yes, I so agree. It it's 
it's to me an oversight and a little bit full of ourselves to think that we know, like everyone's saying, oh, this quarterback draft isn't that good. People who don't even know football are saying, oh, this quarterback draft's not that good. I'm telling you right now, one of these guys is going to be really, really good. Of the quarterbacks? And yes. And I really? and I'm, I don't think it's going to be Kenny Pickett. I think Kenny Pickett is what you think he is. I think he's going to be... I think he'll be a Teddy Bridgewater-esque. That's exactly what I I think he's a starting quarterback, and good for him because he waited a year, and he's going to get into the league and make money, and I think it's great. I think Malik Willis is, to me, maybe the closest thing we will see to Deshaun Watson. People don't really have a comp for him, but to me it's Deshaun Watson. I think think he's Josh Allen because he's big. He's, he's He's not Josh Allen big, though. He's like six foot, six foot one. But he's like, I mean, like big, like he plays really big. Like he plays like a linebacker. Big, but there, this is the one thing I will say about uh, Malik Willis before I tell you who the best quarterback in the draft is gonna be, and it's neither of those guys. You made the argument, oh well, uh, Malik Willis struggled to play against like good top five, top five or power five teams. Yeah, he did. The thing I really like about Malik Willis is that. People said, you're not going to get the job at Auburn. And he said, well, I'm going to go, because I love the game so much, I'm going to go with someone who will let me play, and I'm going to show out. The last two years in college football, do you know who led the league in total touchdowns? Malik Willis. So that tells me, if he scored more touchdowns than anyone else, that tells me maybe you can argue they didn't beat good teams, but I don't think it's because Malik Willis didn't play well. I think it's because the defense at Liberty probably wasn't that good. And probably also because there were games against top five team, power five teams that he struggled with, but he yeah. scored more touchdowns than anybody else. I mean, that's kind of the same argument with Zach Wilson. Like to be to be fair, yeah. like not comparable player wise, but, but if you score more touchdowns than anybody else, then like, yeah, like, what's the deal? I think so, I think he's more raw than Zach Wilson was. I think yeah, hundred percent. And I think Zach Wilson's like a more prototypical passer than Malik Willis yeah. is. I think Malik Willis is a lot more backyard football, yes. which is why I compare him to Deshaun Watson. That's a good point. I think it, but this, before we start anything about the draft, let it be said that uh, you heard it here first. I think the best quarterback in this, because the best quarterback who comes out of every draft is the guy who's taken to the middle, to the end of the first round, or in the second or the third. It's not usually the guy who gets drafted one overall at Baker Mayfield, at Kyler Murray, at, at Jared, Jared Goff. Goff. It's the guy who gets taken towards the end, who goes to a situation where he doesn't have to succeed right now. Yeah. He develops well, and he ends up at a at a team where they have where weapons. they have a good fit. Lamar Jackson, be, exactly. Last pick of the first me, round. And I I actually really don't like this guy because Georgia clapped him, and he thought he was going to clap us. But I think it's going to be Desmond Ritter. I knew you were I, about to say that because I love his athletic measurables, but he's not a dual threat guy. He's yeah. a guy who's a pocket. No, I don't know if you would say pocket passer. He has the ability to move, but he doesn't have to. He doesn't move rely in order on for it. him to be a decent quarterback. I think his comp is almost a. Here you go, Andy. You might hate me for this, but I think his comp might be like a young Russell Wilson. I don't think his ceiling as is as high as Russell Wilson, but I think physical traits. I think it's fairly comparable. I don't hate that. Like sim- I think they're similar athletically. Similar athletically like, and similar body types. Yeah. Uh, I mean, Desmond Ritter's a lot taller than Russell Wilson, but outside of that, like I think that it's... Like physical abilities comp. and the way they play, I feel like he's comparable. At least Desmond Ritter in college. So let's do... You want to do... How many picks you want to go deep into this? You want to do top 10? We can do top 10. Okay, let's do top 10 mock draft. 
Okay. Because I think the real conversation that people are having about the draft is the first three picks, and I yeah. think most people are thinking they're pass rushers. I think uh, I think there's going to be two pass rushers, but I think of the top three. Yeah, I think there's going to be a tackle taken in the top three. I'm not. I, I think it's either going to be in the second or the third, like second or third pick. But I also could see the Jacksonville Jaguars taking a tackle. I don't think they will, but I think that could be a good need because Evan Neal, uh-huh. the kid from Bama, like you just got a quarterback. You need to protect that boy. So Jacksonville has how many picks in the top ten? They only have or in the in the first round. They only have one pick, which is kind of surprising. Yeah, honestly, that's kind of sad. Like if you're that bad and you only got one first round exactly. pick, exactly. Like so there's yeah. You want number one? Or you want me to take number one? I can take number. I can. Ta- I think you and I think differently about number one. I can take number one. We think differently because are we going off of what they should or what they're gonna do? What they're gonna do? Okay, I I I like that. I'm gonna say Aiden Hutchinson is what they're gonna do. I think Trayvon Walker. I think he is would be a good pick. I don't think I wouldn't be shocked if they if they took him. But I'm gonna say Aiden Hutchinson because he has been the most talked about. Jacksonville has been just gawking at him the entire time, and I think this is the big thing: is his leadership. They Jacksonville is looking for a leader. And on Georgia, that defense, who was the leader? And I'm not a, I'm not a huge it Georgia fan. It was N'Kobe Dean. If yeah, I'm yeah. like, yeah, 100%. it was N'Kobe Dean 100%. and Aiden Hutchinson. He was the outspoken leader of not just the defense but the team. Yep. And that's something that a, he's a culture changer. So he, Trayvon Walker might end up being better. There's a possibility. But I think leadership and work ethic-wise, Aiden Hutchinson, there's no way he can be a bust because he has such good just character traits. That's what I think. So I guess since I have the number two pick, I'm going to take Trayvon Walker, and this is why and this is why I think the Jags should take him over Aiden Hutchinson. Or you mean Detroit? Yeah, yeah, sorry. Of why Detroit? I honestly think it makes more sense. I don't. This is why I think people are saying that the Jags are going to take Aiden Hutchinson? I don't think they are, but this is why I think they're saying it. Because if you're Jacksonville, and you have the number one overall pick, you have the ability to take anyone you want. No yeah. one can come off of your draft board. Yeah. Which is honestly a lot of pressure. It is, but also you hold all of the cards in your hand. Yeah. If you're Detroit, you who do you want? You want Aiden Hutchinson. Why? Because everyone thinks he could be the number one overall pick, and... Because he's a hometown hero, and everybody that's wants facts. that. Especially if you know you're going to be bad, at least put like people in the seats. That's a good point. This is why I think Trayvon Walker is better than Aiden Hutchinson. Because you're right, Trayvon Walker doesn't have the numbers that Aiden Hutchinson Not has. Not even close. And he didn't rush the passer from the edge the same way that Aiden Hutchinson did. That's a good point as well. But... Trayvon Walker's biggest weakness is also his biggest strength, and the opposite is true with Aiden Hutchinson. You know why he didn't always he doesn't have as many sacks as Aiden Hutchinson does? Because he didn't play edge every single snap. You can say what you want about Trayvon Walker, but a guy who ran a 4-5-40, 40, 
was also a run stopper in the SEC. He moved to tackle, he moved to nose, he moved inside, he moved outside. Guess what? There's plays where he drops back into coverage as a linebacker. There's a play against Florida where Nicole Dean only gets an interception, or Nolan Smith only gets an interception because Trayvon Walker drops back as a spy and tips it, uh, like covers a slant over the middle. So if I'm Jacksonville, I think I take, I mean, if, if I'm Detroit, so I'm taking Trayvon Walker because the fact that he doesn't have the numbers doesn't worry me because I know that I can move him a lot of different places and he's used to this SEC football between Kirby Smart and Nick Saban that develops into absolute effing champions. Like, no matter where you go, those defensive boys always pan out. And so I think the brand I trust more than I trust Aiden Hutchinson. And so if I'm the Lions, I'm taking Trayvon Walker at two. Yeah, I agree with that. I, I definitely agree with that over Kayvon Thibodeau, which is who people are saying they're going to take. They should definitely not do that. Yeah, the issue. I mean, my issue with Kayvon Thibodeau, and, and I'm not saying that you have to play in the NF, in the SEC if you want to be like, uh, if you want to be big time, but also, if you don't, if you don't dominate, because I think a lot of these SEC boys would absolutely just, like, just rail in the Pac-12, and Kayvon Thibodeau did control the league for his first two years, but then but last year, last year he did not. He just well. kind of fell off, and every time that they would advertise Kayvon Thibodeau as the reason for me to watch a Pac-12 game. And then I'd go watch it, and I would just watch him when I, I was underwhelmed. And I was like, so underwhelmed. Wait, that's Kayvon. Like, why isn't he holding up, or why isn't he setting the edge? Because, like, yeah, he's an athletic freak and he's a physical specimen, but the attitude thing does worry yeah. me. Yeah. Because you're seeing attitude play out with so many guys in the NFL now yeah. in a way that it didn't used to. Yeah. And so I don't think, I think Tavon, I think Kayvon Thibodeau isn't going to go one or two, and I think because of that, he's going to start falling on people's And I don't think he, I don't even think he goes three, because... No, I don't either. Because the Texans, I've heard a lot of things, and I've heard they're going O-line. That's what I've heard. I've heard they're going with the kid from NC State, or Evan Neal, the kid from Bama. Yep. Those are the two I've heard. I'm going to, probably Evan Neal, he's a bigger name, like, obviously played in the SEC, like, big time... And you can never go wrong when you pick a left tackle, especially a Bama left especially tackle. A Bama they left. They're, they're always they always pan out. They're always at least good, not great, but always at least good. And so yeah, that's my pick for the Texans is Evan Neal. Actually, my other comment about you taking um, a pass rusher at one with Jaguars, I think the reason you do that is because this is the league is a pass rush. Well, league. the league is a pass rush league. The other thing is the one thing. Another thing we're saying about this draft is that it's pretty good if you want to tackle. Yeah. So I think you can get a good pass rusher at one and wait for a tackle in in the, the, second, the round. second round. Yeah, I agree with that. So yeah, I'm with you. Okay, who are, so Jets? Who do you, who are you thinking they're taking? So the Jets really. I mean. It's a deep wide receiver draft, so I don't think you have to. I think you could use a wide receiver to help out Zach Wilson. Yeah. Um, you just got a. They left do tackle. have a pick at ten. Exactly. You got a left tackle last year. If I'm the Jets, I think you take. I, if I'm the Jets, so you're you're taking as the Texans, you're taking uh, Evan Neal. Evan Neal. If I'm the Jets, and they just kind of revamped their O line, actually. And again, maybe I don't think if you're you draft for need. Not in a, like for for talent because you yeah. don't go out and get things that you don't need. If I'm the Jets, I think you take Derek Stingley 
Because really? I'm not sure. I'm not completely sold on Sauce Gardner. Sauce Gardner, and at least in the top ten or in the top five. Derek Stingley, I've seen him cover the SEC, and I've heard him. I've seen him lock it down. So I'm not as and like coverage is like you either you either coverage cover is coverage. Or you can't. Yeah, that's a good point. But the issue I have with Sauce Gardner is I'm just not sure if what he covered in the AAC is going to come back to bite him when he has to cover guys in the NFL, yeah. which is a lot of what yeah, Derek Stingley covered. When, so like if he went to the Jets, like if, when he's got guard Stephon Diggs, Stephon Diggs and and Tyree Kill, Kill Jalen Waddle, yeah, yeah, that's a good point. I think. I think his – here's my thing, though. His comp, if he puts a little bit of weight on, who's his comp? Jalen Ramsey. You think so? Like, that's who he's built like. He's 6'3", 200 as oh, corner. Oh, sauces. Yeah. yeah like, yeah. he's big. That's the other thing. He's a, he's a little slim. I mean, yeah. granted, he's 6'3", but he's slim. Yeah. But, I mean, you can put weight on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You he can put weight on. So – then I've got five to the Giants, dude. I don't even. They're a tire fire. Like it's a crap show. I don't even think it really matters. It doesn't even matter who they pick, dude, because it won't pan out. They're like struggling to keep Kadarius Tony happy, and he's only been there one year. You're letting him run you around. Yeah. So I don't think they take a quarterback. I think they're gonna wait one more year and let Danny Dimes just fizzle out, and they'll take and they'll tank and get number one overall and get Bryce. Who do you think they're taking? I think they probably take an O-lineman. That's what I think. I think they take the Mississippi State kid or Charles Cross. Yeah. I, I think they take the Mississippi State kid. So Which, again, doesn't really matter because, I mean, it's kind of shocking because you took a tackle in the first round last year yeah. and you're already ready to move on from that. Yeah. So this is where things get really Yeah, six to the Panthers. Who you got? So what I think they should do and what I think they will do are very different. Because the Panthers are also another... Because I think the Panthers, they look at Kenny Pickett and they say, Oh, you he's... look like Teddy Bridgewater. We really like... This is like the, the one friend you have who you got to keep on them every Friday night because if you don't, they will call their ex. They'll call... Dude, that is exactly... That exact... is the Carolina They'll Panthers. They'll call their ex because they're lonely. They're going to say... You know what? You know you you're not a lot like the girl I used to date. You're not really that cute, and you're, you're super like. But you're like a, fi- a six. You're like a five or a six, and and you look like her. And I can have some, you know, like I want to win five games or six games. We could do that. Yeah. Right? You know what? I'm just gonna take Kenny Pickett. So if I'm being honest, if I'm gonna believe that the Panthers are smarter than they are, I think a trade happens here. I don't think Baker Mayfield to the Panthers is the worst thing in the I world. I think he's I better. don't think Jimmy G to the Panthers is the worst thing in the world. In fact, if I'm the Panthers, I say, look, let's swap first-round draft picks and you we'll give me Jimmy G. I think, dude, aren't, that's a good pick. And that's, maybe you ask for uh, uh, like Bobby a third Anderson. Or, or something. Yeah. You ask for something, and I think that is a good – because the Niners have a late-round pick – but the thing is, the Panthers don't have bad weapons. No, they don't. Like, Which is they why don't. I'm saying if you're the 49ers, you and say, look, actually, well, Jimmy, Jimmy G, you give us uh, a, a Robbie Anderson, a Terrace Marshall, or a DJ Moore, or whoever. Yeah, and like, that would be a, yeah. And but that would be a win-win, but. I, I'll just say, because like making trades in our mock would be kind of wild, I'm going to say that they take Kenny Pickett at six. I think they probably will, even though it's literally stupid. 
So dude, now you have it, the Giants again at dude, seven. Dude, here's the thing. If you look at the top ten, the Jets have two picks. The Giants have two picks. And then Seattle, I think, has a pick. Jacksonville has a pick. Like, all of just the worst-run organizations are just... They basically just rotate in the top ten every year. It's insane. I love what... uh, What's his name? Why well, can't I remember? Oh, Mike Tomlin, that that uh, NFL mic'd up video where he's talking to Chase Young and he says, "I don't ever want to be able to draft a guy like you." Yeah, I don't ever want to be that bad that I can pick someone who's can, as good as you. Yeah, that's a good point. So Giants, I think like so. Peter Schrager, this is what he has on there is Trayvon Walker, and I think that's probably what he would like. I think th- they would take Kayvon Thibodeau because I think right, Trayvon yeah. Walker is going to go too. To Detroit. Yeah, he's not going to be there when they pick at seven. So no, he won't. He's too good of a yeah. talent to to be there at seven. But Kayvon Thibodeau, and I think he's the bust of the draft. Interesting. He's the bust of the draft. I like. He's going to get eaten alive, and he's got that toxic personality that New York Giants just love to have. Uh-huh. Just gotta have him. So that's who I've got. So then we have the Falcons at eight, and this one's interesting because if I'm the Falcons, I'm probably taking a left tackle. That's who I would um, pick. Because I think, I think you take a left tackle now, you let Mar- Marcus Mariota start, and you tank next year to get a quarterback. I agree. But Evan Neal is no longer on the board, and neither is Charles Cross. But the kid from NC State. The NC State kid is still on the board. And his brothers are good as well. So he comes from a family, apparently. Doesn't his brother play for the Jets, I think? Yeah, they I think They so. drafted him last year. And he's good. Yeah, no, he's way good. Left tackle for the Jets. So if I'm the Atlanta Falcons, I'm taking um, Iki Aquano at, at eight in hopes that next year we can pick up Bryce Young and we protect that asset in yeah. advance. Kind yeah. of a reverse of what Jackson I, I, I think that I think that's a good idea as well. Um, so number nine, we got to give love. we got to give love. Picking. Seattle. Hey, why are they so low? Why are they picking in the top ten, Brad? Yeah, I don't know. I, the thing is, like, you're picking at nine. Like, if you're going to be bad, at least, at least, be good at least get being, the number one. Yeah, at least be, be good, good at being bad. <laughs> and at least they were a... Good thing they traded Russell Wilson because then they wouldn't have had a first round. That's pick. true. Yikes! So because um, because why? Who's that? Jamal Adams. Jamal Adams. Uh-uh. The outside linebacker who tells everyone he plays strong safety. Of course, no, the edge who <laughs> says he plays strong yeah, safety. Exactly. So, dude, I don't. This is again. I don't know what they're gonna do because at this point they have Drew Locke as their starting quarterback, and. There's so many teams that I'm like, dude, I don't even know what the hell you do from here. So I don't. People have said that they go get an offensive tackle. I think. I, mean, I think Trevor you get Penning it. is still on the board, and I like that kid. I think he's not bad. Like, obviously, I don't think you take a receiver. No, I don't either. Because I, that might be a sexy pick, but you got a one and a two, or at least a a, a low end one and a high end Sauce two. Sauce Gardner. Sauce Gardner still on the board. So. I would take Sauce Gardner if I were them, or I take an edge. I don't really know the kid from Florida State very well. Jimmy Johnson. Yeah, I've heard he's good. He's good. I've heard he's af- like very, very athletic. athletic. I mean, tell I'll tell you this about him. He used to play D end at Georgia. Yeah. He transferred to FSU. Oh, because okay. he couldn't compete with Trayvon. He's like he was close he was- with Trayvon Walker and Jordan Davis. 
So that tells you a lot about it. Okay. So I I take Sauce Gardner. Like I I agree with you. So the Seahawks have had and and Andy, this is not disrespectful. This is a fact. They have had the worst pass defense. They've been top five in worst pass defense yeah. the last. I don't two even. Years. I don't think. I don't even know who their corners are because they lost what's his name. Uh, they have Diggs. Well, he's their safety. I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But who is their corner that they had that left? I can't. I like can't even tell you. I'm gonna look it up because I know Andy knows what I'm talking about. But no, I think that's a smart move to take. I think Sauce Gardner at nine is a, is a good pick if you're the Seahawks. Um, he almost gives you like Richard Sherman yeah. vibes. I think that's almost maybe a better comp than Jalen Ramsey, just in terms of the length. So then at ten, we have the New York Jets, and this basically comes down to the debate of who do you want to play receiver? Because I have them getting um, Derek Stingley at four, and really? and now at ten we have oh yeah, yeah okay now at ten we have who do you want at receiver? So Peter Schrager has them picking Jameson Williams. Who I don't hate. My don't only hate issue is I think you got a speed guy last year when you went out and got Elijah Moore. And you do have like you have a possession guy, you have Braxton Berrios. I I mean, it's tough. Is Drake London a number one? That's in the the exactly where I was gonna go. Because he played in the Pac 12, and we all know those defenses are mediocre at best, and those corner like no one ever picks Pac-12 corners. No one, like everyone knows, it's Big Ten corners or SEC corners. Yeah, especially Big Ten corners that get drafted. So let me make this argument to you. So um, Jordan Palmer, not Jordan Palmer. Yeah, Jordan Palmer was talking the other day, and he was talking about um, he was talking about these receivers in this draft, and he said, if you talk to quarterbacks, this is what they'll tell you. They say, if I have to choose between a yards-after-catch guy, which is a speed guy, yeah. or if I have to choose um, a possession guy, I'm choosing the, the guy with the big catch radius every single time. Oh, I think because, I did hear that. Okay. Because, like, let's, like, let's, re- let's think about it. If I'm going to have Marquise Brown or Tyreek Hill, that's only helpful to me if I'm going balls deep down the field. Yeah. But the issue is... Like, I don't need that every single play. What I do need every single play is a guaranteed five to six yards or three to five yards. Yeah. Which a guy with a big catch radius is going to give you. The other thing he's going to give you is he's going to give you goal line, red zone threat. Yeah. So that's why I think at number 10, maybe you don't, maybe if you're the Jets, you don't feel like Drake London is the best option. Maybe you don't feel like, I mean, because again, you have Chris Olave, you have Garrett Wilson, you have Jamison Williams, you have studs at receiver. And a lot of guys who aren't, we're not even going to talk about in the top 10. But I think if you're going for need, I think Drake London's a better fit for the New York Jets, especially when you've got a young quarterback in Zach Wilson. I think both those guys together would be a dangerous duo. Okay. So here's my comp for Drake London, and I think he, he's a little bit bigger, um, is Michael Thomas. So Michael Thomas, 6'3 and a yeah. half, 6'4, 215 to 220. Drake London, I'm looking right now, 6'5", 210. I don't hate it. So, no one ever accused Michael Thomas of being a crazy athletic or a crazy fast guy, but they did accuse him of being a very possession-oriented receiver. That's why he got, the, like, that's why he set the receptions um, record. So, I think that would be a good, for Zach Wilson, I think that's a good pick. I don't think he's the best receiver in the draft, but I think he's the best fit for them. 
that, that's that's exactly what I think. Not the best receiver, but the best fit for because you don't need another speed guy. I guess you might be able to argue that Garrett Wilson could fit into that because he's a little bit yeah. of both. He's a little bit bigger, dude. But there's some um, there's some receivers that are that are that are high. Like Peter Schrager has Chris Olave going to guess the hell who. The Chargers. Has who going to the Chargers? Chris Olave. Yikes. I mean, but look at, you're the Chargers. Like, what else do you need? A linebacker, maybe. But the linebacker draft is also pretty good. Yeah, and you, you can get one in the second round. Deep. Because linebackers you can get in the early to late second round easily. I think if Jordan Davis is there, they're picking Jordan Davis. Because he would be the perfect plug. They have the Jordan. Whole. He has Jordan Davis going to the Saints I know. at nineteen. That's why I think the Saints traded up is to go get him. Which, if I'm the Saints, I don't know that Jordan Davis is your number one priority right now. Yeah, I think he's more of a priority for the Chargers. Get a than receiver, the Saints. Dude, dude, get, get a receiver. receiver. Get maybe. I mean, yeah. Get a the receiver. The Saints got a lot of needs, honestly. Do they though? I mean, okay, they need a left tackle now. They need a left tackle. I'd get a left tackle before I get a receiver. I think their issue is they're thinking that the top four guys, Penning, Equano, and these other two guys are going to be gone before they pick. Yeah, dude, this is a good this is a good draft for tackles and receivers. Exactly. So I agree. Okay, let's go through booms and busts. I'll give you my two of each. So my two busts. I think are going to be the following. Kayvon Thibodeau. And so what constitutes a bust? A top 15 pick? or Because I don't think... Or are we going to go first round? Yeah, I think... Uh, I think bust depends on what people... Not even where you're drafting, like, but what, what people perception. believe. Yeah, the perception about you. Okay. The perception compared to the reality. Okay, okay. Fair, valid point. So... My two busts are um, Derek Stingley and Kayvon Thibodeau. That's I think. You think Derek Stingley's a bust? I think he could be. Yes. Okay, that's fine that you took him because that's not who I wanted to do as a bust. Okay, who who are your busts? My busts are, and I hate to say it, but I think Sauce Gardner's a bust. I just don't trust. The fact that he, no, and dude, corners a he. It's the besides quarterbacks, it's the hardest position in the game. I think so. Yeah, so it's it's hard to not be a bust as a corner. If Matt Corral ends up being like Taylor Heineke, does that qualify him as a bust? No, I wouldn't say. I don't because I don't think it takes him a bust either. But I'm not, and, and I love Matt Corral. Yeah, I think he's I a think baller. He's I think he's a gamer, but I don't think he works out in the NFL. Okay, valid point. So, ugh, booms. I'm going to give you a couple booms, and you tell me what you think. Okay. Um, let me just get my... Let me just get my head on straight real quick. I just want to go down to the very last picks of the first round and see who's everyone projected to get. Okay. Actually, you know who I really like huh. as an edge, who I think is very underrated, is the kid from Purdue. Oh yeah, Carlaftis. Carlaftis. I like. I him. think, dude, he is gonna be. I think he's gonna be the first round steal to the Bengals. I don't hate that. 
So he's going to be my steal. And here are my two booms. I think Aiden Hutchinson is going to be big time. I, and I think... He, you oh, I might pick him as a bust, honestly. So I'm going to pick Aiden Hutchinson as a boom because has anyone that's ever been accused of being a workaholic and just obsessed been a bust? Has that, like, went... What, when does that happen? So, my question is with Aiden Hutchinson is, to me, if you go that high, like, you gotta be like Miles Garrett. If you're gonna be picked that high, you gotta be one of the best pass rushers. You gotta be a Nick Bosa. You gotta be a Joey Bosa. Yeah. I don't think Aiden Hutchinson is that. I think he's like a Daniil Hunter. Who, like, he's pretty good as a pass rusher, but we just don't really talk about him that much. Because, like, I don't think But he, would you consider Daniil Hunter a boom or a bust? I don't think he's either. Because like I, he's a pro I, bowler. I think if, if 50 is mediocre, I'm rating him at like a 75-80. Daniil Hunter? Like he's just not big time. Like he's very good, but he's not big time. And I think that's where Aiden Hutchinson's going to be. I don't think he's going to be Miles Garrett. I don't think he's going to be Nick or Joey Bosa. I think he's going to be just good to very good. Okay. I, I, so I, I guess he's not a bust, but like I don't see him... I just don't see him at the with the value of the number one overall pick, because to me, I guess you go safe, like you want to pick the safest um, investment, but that's why I think Trayvon Walker makes more sense at number one, because I think he has a higher ceiling than Aiden Hutchinson does. I think Hutchinson is just a safer pick in term because I think his. But also floor Trayvon is Walker. High. No one real. This is what I was gonna say. I think the reason why he isn't as appealing. Because his greatest strength is he is pretty versatile, at least along the line. Yeah. Has he shown that he can be an elite edge? And I'm not saying that he can't be. I'm saying, has he shown it? I mean, I think... So, so like, do you see what I'm saying, though? I I'm not saying he saying. can't, because I think he can. But, like, there's... My, my response to you is, Miles Garrett. And, and and not to say that they But Miles the Garrett was a very no, no, different no, no, player. No, no, out of listen college. to where I'm going. I'm not going that they were the same player in college. I'm telling you that the like you what the I mean, we have a lot of isms that we say on this show. Yeah. But one of them is you can't teach size, you can't teach athletics. You either have it or you don't. That's a good You point. either run a four or five when you weigh two hundred and eighty pounds or you don't. Like yeah. that's not something you can teach. And that was the thing with Miles Garrett is we we're like, shoot, like, I mean, obviously he was a better pass rusher, but I think also he was more dedicated to the edge. I think if Trayvon Walker is dedicated to the edge and they don't move him around so much, I think he's a victim of the system that he was in. And where, that's what I'm saying. And, and, I'm, and I agree with you from that standpoint. My only rebuttal to that is 4-5-40, incredible vertical all at being 280 pounds and being able to play nose tackle and defensive end. So this is the this is what I'll give to you about Aiden Hutchinson. The, that kid is more sustainable as an edge threat. But my thing is, the, this is the biggest question with Trayvon Walker. Can you coach him and train him to be an edge threat? Because if you he has all the skills, it's going to be a mental thing. And if you can get him to do that... Then but I that's think he's a, easily no, and I'm and I but agree that's with you. An if. That's an if, but that's why I'm saying he has a higher ceiling than Aiden Hutchinson does, and you can't disagree with me. No, on that. I agree. We, but where you and I are differ is where we think. Actually, you and I don't even differ in this. But where him and Hutchinson differ is the floor. 
I think Hutchinson's floor Hutchinson's is a lot floor is really high than Walker's. Because so Hutchinson's he's a floor, commodity, but he can't be Miles Garrett like Trayvon because Walker. Because Hutchinson's floor is Daniil Hunter. Like that's, I think that's. I don't know if that's his floor or I think or that's at his the least. Ceiling. I don't. I don't think. I okay, think that's his ceiling. Give me this. His floor is Jadavion Clowney. I think that's uh, stop. I, it. I, no, 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 no! Don't say that to me. I the, the reason I just don't love that is because I don't think he's the physical freak that Jayvon. But Jadavion Clowney has not like he's good, but not great. That's what everyone. That's universally known around the league that he's good, not great. I think Aiden Hutchinson will be a decent. I mean, I guess I think he'll be more consistent on field than just Jadavion Clown is. I don't think he gets hurt to the same extent, and I think he has a higher motor and motivation. So that's why comparing him to Jadavion Clowney to me is almost a little disrespectful because I think he's a better football player, like mentally, technique wise, than Jadavion Clowney is. Jadavion Clowney can just get away with a lot of not playing because he's the physical freak. You know, you know who I think will probably end up being a great value, Jadavion Clowney. Kayvon Thibodeau, yes. Oh, yeah, that's the like comparison he's, everybody's like, giving. He's, a great, he's going to be a great value like Jadavion Clowney. And the thing with Jadavion Clowney is he, plays, he can play outside linebacker too. Yeah, he's I'm not bigger. sure if Thibodeau can he play couldn't. outside he linebacker. Couldn't. So here's my other boom. It's Jameson Williams. I, think, I like that pick. I think his comp is Jamar Chase-esque. Like he's... Yeah. A, like. I don't think he's, he's as physical, I think, as Jamar Chase is, though. Yes, but I think I think he speed can... Speed-wise, Speed-wise yeah. and s- scary-wise. Like, Georgia... Like, t- like, as a Georgia fan, you were scared of Jameson Williams. I almost Williams. feel like Tyreek is a better comp for Jameson Williams. It's not a, that's not Just a bad because, idea. because, I mean, like, look, like, he has been hurt a couple of times, and that's why I don't think... Like, I don't think I'm throwing a goal-line fade to Jameson Williams the same way that I'm throwing a goal-line fade to Jamar yeah. Chase... But I do think the same way that Tyreek Hill puts the fear of God in you when you got 17 seconds left at Buffalo, I think Jameson Williams, you're right. Yeah. As a George fan, Jameson Williams did give me that, oh my gosh, I have no idea what's about to happen, but I know it's not good. Jameson Williams is that the same way that Tyreek does. So I think speed-wise, I think that's a better comment. Yeah. And he's, because he's not just a speed guy, though. Like, his route running is Very good elite. route I like think he's, he's just Devon- a speedy Devontae Smith. He's, he's Devontae Smith, but faster. Yep. That's, like that's that. his comp. Yeah, but, so. that, but just not, yeah. I won't take away from him. I think that's what he is. So, the draft is tomorrow night. I'm super excited. You're super excited. Yep. We gave you our booms or bust at top 10. That is going to be our time. We will be back next week with more playoffs, with a whole draft to react to. We're going to have so much to work with it. It's going to be a good time. Whoa.